In this episode of the Smart Community Podcast, I have a fascinating chat with Haima Vulpala, the Deputy Director of Digital Workplace Research and Academic Information Services at La Trobe University. Now, when we recorded this a few months back, Haima was the Head of Digital and Data for Yarra Rangers Council in Victoria. So you'll hear us refer to this quite a few times throughout the episode. Haima tells us about her background in IT and digital and her passion for the opportunities that the ever-changing digital space provides. She tells us some of the changes she has seen in this space over the last two decades and how the rates of technological change are really increasing, especially in the last five years. We discuss why smart city and community concepts are so important and will continue to be in the future. Heimer and I talk about the different industries in Australia that are adopting smart concepts and the dangers of not embracing digital transformation, including not being able to attract and retain the required skill sets. We discuss some of the projects Heimer has been working on at Yarra Rangers Council and the changes in community engagement, customer service and communication styles that digital technology has facilitated. Haima tells us about the ways Yarra Rangers Council needed to integrate across different departments in order to fulfill their digital strategy and the cultural shift that is needed for true digital transformation to occur. We finish our chat discussing the emerging trend of industries and employment that will be most affected by technology and the need to look at support, skill building and employment opportunities, both for the impacted industries and also for young people just entering the workforce. As always, we hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Welcome to the smart community, smart regions, smart towns and smart cities. It's where we live, work and play with smart communities. The future starts today. Big data, smart mobility, emerging trends galore. The Smart Community Podcast is what you're looking for. Hello, Haima. How are you today? I'm very good, Zoe. How are you? I am fabulous. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Same here. Well, let's just jump straight in. And can you tell us about your background and what you're passionate about? My background is in IT and digital, working in this industry for the last two decades, worked in every sector internationally. And my passion um, for digital is it's ever-changing and also it gives me the opportunities to learn and evolve with the change the way we live. That's excellent. Well, tell us what sparked your interest in this smart cities and smart community space. It's actually quite an exciting opportunity when I attended one of the um, meetings where uh, a couple of vendors actually came and presented all the senses and how it actually creates the connectivity between, um, you know, various parts of the, whether it's a local government or infrastructure or, you know, whether different levels of the government or the community. The key thing is sparked in me. Um, my interest is the connectivity, the opportunities to increase the engagement with our community, and it improves the livability of people. And also it actually provides opportunities to operational efficiencies for the organizations. Indirectly, we are solving community problems or challenges and creating opportunities for them. Mm, mm. And I love that. I think, you know, your second point there of engaging with the community, I think that's a really key one that we probably don't talk about enough. Yep. So what is a smart city or a smart community to you? 
For me, a smart city or a community is harnessing the technological advancements and opportunities to modernize the way we live and work and improve our engagement with our local community. Mm, excellent. And why do you think that this concept is so important? I think because of the way in this 21st century, the digital and data um, you know, revolutionized the way we live and work and the opportunities it has created and also the climate change, you know, things that it's actually happening and the exponential availability of data is allowing us to improve uh, you know, sustainability and also increased opportunities to economic development and also enhancing the quality of life. You know, these are the factors, you know, I think it's actually very important for the smart city or the smart community concept. Mm-hmm. I'm interested just to go into your background a little bit more. What are some of the changes that you've seen being in this space for so long? Has it always just, you know, been increasing the technology just coming along or have you seen like a, a significant increase or a different focus on what technology can be used for? I would actually say being in this industry for almost two decades, um, in the last three, five to three, three to five years, actually, the increase of the technology has been almost tripled. You know, on average, every human actually got at least five devices to manage or to um, use. And that is actually keep growing. And that actually created amount of data that we currently or many businesses doesn't know what to do with it. But the availability of that data is allowing us to you know, analyze and then creating those opportunities. And this is going to grow even more than any reduction in technology usage. And with the smart city and with the smart city, the speed of internet and all of these things actually enhancing the way we actually do things. And we need to adapt, whether we like it or not, to harnessing the technological advancements and also improve, you know, the way we do things. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that no matter whether we, we like it or not, change is happening and it will happen whether we're involved or not. So let's get involved and actually shape what we want our communities to actually look like. Yep. And how do you think that Australia is embracing, you know, this smart city concept? I think the smart city concept been introduced to Australia almost, I would actually say around 10 years ago, but then it wasn't being discussed or there is lack of awareness in many sectors. And um, I think since last five years, the Australia is progressively adapting the, you know, the technology uh, which smart cities can provide and also creating the opportunities. And some sectors actually adapted quite well and others are still slowly realizing the benefits. And I would actually say the sectors like agriculture is really embracing this. And I would actually say that, you know, they are the top compared to many industries. And now the transportation is realizing the same. And also many um, government or corporates realizing the benefits and then embracing that for their operational efficiencies and also improving the productivity and, uh, you know, safety. And also, you know, wherever there is a manual, you know, intervention, you know, that is actually being automated as well. So uh, I think it's progressively adopting the technology which is available for currently. What do you think the dangers are of, of not kind of embracing this this change that's happening? I think um, in any business or any, any, any industry that if the industry is actually not realizing the benefits, the, whether it's a technology or anything, whatever is happening, 
you know, if they don't realize it, unfortunately, the businesses no longer exist. The example is, you know, there are many companies that which came like Uber or, you know, Netflix or Spotify. There's so many companies like that came and disrupted the way we used to do things. But now if any business who doesn't really evolve with the change, I don't think that they would have any future. And particularly before, you know, technology or data or, you know, smart cities, anything, it wasn't there on the board's uh, main agenda, but now it is becoming one. And it is becoming a mandatory skill for all the leaders that they need to understand what technology stack they're investing in, you know, what are the opportunities it's creating, you know, and they need to understand what it means. Whereas before, most of the leaders are actually doesn't need to have that. You know, the IT's role was mainly rolling out the technology, but it's now, you know, from regardless of which level, you know, it's very, very important for any sector, whether it's a government or private, that digital capability building or the data capability building is becoming a mandatory skill that they need to harness to keep their jobs or to evolve with the change to build their uh, or upskilling. We, this is the future way of working and we need to build that future workforce as well. Yeah, and I think the skill sets, which is you know something we were talking about earlier, the missing skill sets, which industries or which areas do you think are at most risk of not being able to, I guess, attract and retain the skill sets that are required? I can't really specify any particular industry. It's actually happening across the board, uh, whether it's uh, all levels of government I think I must say that the federal and state are a bit more um, advanced in this day, in this, um, you know, building that or upskilling their workforce. However, I, you know, some local governments are also following that part, but I would actually say that local governments still need to catch up and they have a huge opportunity to increase or improve the skill set in the um, sector because they are the direct link to the community and the community is expecting the change and they expected the service in a similar way as the corporates or the private companies are actually providing. They don't really see any difference between a private or a public. They're expected the service availability 24 by 7 using the digital channels. They got the power to make a difference. Now, before, you know, if you actually see the community engagement used to happen face-to-face, but now most of the engagement actually happens using the uh, digital channels. So they got the power in their hands to make that difference. Yeah, I had a really great conversation this morning with a lady uh, who engagement, um, Melissa, and she was saying a similar thing. I was asking her about, you know, how engagement has changed and it is those digital uh, tools and not just the tools themselves and the channels. It's actually those conversations that may have just happened at the kitchen table are actually happening in a public realm. Therefore, you're getting, you know, negative and positive impacts of that as well. So yeah, really, really interesting stuff. And I think you're, you are so right that those, you know, the leaders will have advisors that are letting them know what's possible and moving with those trends and, or, you know, continuing to monitor those trends to see which way they need to move. Yeah. A great example is, you know, how often do we actually ring or go to any particular, um, you know, service providers that would face-to-face, you know, before we used to do everything by going in person But now then we actually changed our communication style to emails and then we're actually going even with phones and then going out of phones to emails, emails to now, chatbots and using all these Google, you know, any chatbots or any kind of new technology which provide or answer what we're actually after because people are time poor and they want everything done quickly. And 
at their convenience. So, and I actually believe that, you know, the technology and that, you know, the opportunities it is creating is actually pushing the boundaries of the service delivery for any organization. And if they don't adapt sooner than later, I think it is going to be a big risk for them. Mm, Absolutely. Okay. Well, tell us about some of the projects and things that you're currently working on. We at TR Rangers Council, I was leading the digital and data strategies for the um, organization to real, again, to understand where we are and where we want to be. How do we actually protect our natural environment as well using the technological advancement and in the smart cities? We are just early stages of the smart cities, but however, we delivered the data governance framework to ensure our data is actually protected. And also we provide that trust to our end users as well as the community. And we also uh, delivered the digital strategy and which actually, you know, enhances the way we actually work and also upskill our staff and the workforce and to increase the digital uptake and improve the operational efficiencies by communicating with our customers, you know, in a proactive basis and also the many opportunities that, you know, enhanced our service delivery. Mm. Do you also look at it from operational cost savings and that that type of thing? It's a question I've been getting a lot. As- yes. Um, we have introduced a DocuSign. I think on my LinkedIn profile, you would, have, you would have noticed the case study DocuSign actually done on Yarra Ranges, that um, the amount of money that is actually saving to the council by adapting the technology before and also saving the paper, which is indirectly we are contributing and you know reducing the greenhouse gas emissions. And then we're also, re- at this stage in Yarra Ranges, you don't really see much paper usage at all. We hardly print. There are some unavoidable things that we have to do it, but there are most of the things that, you know, we actually cut down on paper usage or printing. And mostly everything is used digital first kind of a way of working. And we're moving into activity-based working, you know, as you can imagine in activity-based working that we will not be able to carry things around. And we are in the process of digitizing as many processes or, or applications as possible to ensure that, you know, it's um, available on any device, anytime, anywhere. Excellent. And that really leads to this next question because I normally ask, you know, how can we integrate across different disciplines, governments and industries, which I'm interested to hear your answer to that. But I'm keen to hear how you integrate it across different departments of your government. Within the council, you mean, or outside of the council? Within the council. Within the council, because the digital transformation was an enterprise-wide initiative that where we actually coordinated with the cross functional teams uh, to work and here and engage with them to understand what their needs are and where the organization is going based on our you know objectives and how we want to improve and also how we embrace the technology to create that future skills that are required to prepare the organization and work in an agile environment and in mainly the cross functional teams is you know educating them, creating the awareness of the, you know, what are the opportunities that we could leverage and how do we actually improve the way we work and how do we actually disrupt as well by taking these new way of new ways of working. We think about this for local governments, you know, the ability to attract and retain these skill sets that we were talking about. How important, you know, is this kind of digital transformation in that space? You know, do you consider that? when we're building this kind of smart city, smart community thing within local government? It is extremely important to have the right skill set. Uh, and I think for any project, you know, to be successful, 
you need to have the right mindsets, the right people with the right skills. You know, if we do not have that uh, coordination, I think it is going to be hard to um, deliver any project successfully. That's the reason why 60% of the digital transformation projects fail. Um, it's not one of those things that you could just, yes, this is just a technology. Digital transformation is not about technology. It is about people and it's a culture, that the cultural um, that initiative that we need to do in, in, in instilling, that, um, instilling that new ways of working using the technology. It's a cultural shift. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's a lot of the conversation I've been having lately and, and some in the work I've been doing as well. It's like, okay, well, yeah, that's great. We can integrate that system and do all those things. But if you don't integrate the people and if you don't bring them along the journey and if you don't really focus on that change management, really invest resources in it, then it's never, never going to get over the line, never going to work. Yeah, that's so true. Having the right mindset and also having the leadership support is extremely important, as important as the change management. And also, it's not just the change management or the leadership support, but you need to get people on board and then take them on a journey of what the good looks like or what the future would look like. And the, one of the challenges or the um, thing that people need to realize, in, because this is something new, which they can't see it, but they can't feel it, they can only visualize and that's the uh, role that the leader or the head of whoever is managing the digital you know, transformation need to showcase to the people that who are they working with to how the good will look like and what are the key benefits, not only to the individuals, but also to the organizations. And as a result, what the uh, you know, uh, results would look like for the community that why we are doing this. Having the you know, answer why and how, I think that's that actually helps in the successful delivery of uh, digital transformation. Mm, okay, let's talk about integration across you know different disciplines, governments, and industries. Because I imagine you know as a, as a local council would have to be working, I guess, with other disciplines, but consultants, you know, governments, academia, industries. Is there something that you know you did that really worked to better integrate across those different areas? Uh, we actually worked with our Yarra Rangers Tech School and also Eastern Region Libraries that, you know, one of the um, body that we actually work and Yarra Rangers Tourism Board. We are in the preliminary stages at the moment, but we are actually creating partnerships with them to ensure that, you know, we are, again, create opportunities to um, academia and also the councils that, that how we could actually work together to provide um, their best customer experience to the community and also prepare our future workforce. Mm, excellent. So what are the emerging trends that people aren't talking about enough? I think the emerging trends people are not talking about is mainly that, you know, what the future would look like with this new technological advancements and the data it is actually available for people and which industries are actually going to affect it, which industries are going to be affected the most. Based on my research and, you know, that what I was actually looking into it is the transportation and the hospitality and the medical are the main, which are immediately that people are not realizing that how it is going to change in the next five to 10 years and what skills are required, you know, for those to support that change and what happens to those people who are actually not able to keep up with the change and how do we actually provide the employment opportunities to those you know, so those are the kind of things I think it is happening, you know, really at a rapid speed. But are we actually realizing about it? Are we actually creating how many organizations are realizing that 
digital capability building is the key for you know to create those skill set for the workforce so that they're already adapting and or future way of working or prepared for the future. Mm. And I guess how important, and you said about the, the tech school, how important is it to, for I guess local governments or, you know, governments in general, even companies to kind of bring those young people in to, at earlier stages, I suppose, to actually get on board with this stuff? Because I've been thinking about, you know, entry to the workforce and the skill set that was required when you know, even I was entering the workforce. It's quite different now. I mean, some jobs will be the same, you know, hospitality or whatever, but you can have an entry-level job, which is, you know, very flexible. You can work from home. All you need is a, a computer or a laptop or even a, you know, a phone, smartphone, um, potentially. I guess, what are you seeing in that space of, and you know, are we engaging enough with young people? I would actually say that, um, you know, we need to engage more. We are engaging, but we are not engaging enough. We need to engage them more because they are the future generations. They are the millennials that their way of working is completely different compared to the way we work now. And their expectations are different and they want the flexibility. They want to use their own devices, you know, so they don't want to stick to any particular way of working. They would like to have that flexibility. And entering the, you know, millennials or providing their work experience with any of the government or corporate would actually enable the business to understand what they're looking for and also adapting to that change and also provide that required skills to the leaders in managing them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been so great to chat with you, Haima. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you, Zoe, for the opportunity. I really appreciate that as well. I really, really have enjoyed our conversation. I look forward to our next conversation as well because um, I know there'll definitely be one after this. Thank you. Okay. Well, I just have one last question, which is how can people connect with you? More than happy to connect on LinkedIn. Feel free to share my profile. Excellent. We'll put the link in the show notes so people can click away and find you. Again, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and having this conversation today. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Sure. Bye. Bye. The Smart Community Podcast is brought to you by My Smart Community. If you're trying to deal with disruption, not sure what technologies to buy, need to facilitate genuine collaboration, then we can help. Email hello at mysmart.community or head to www.mysmart.community forward slash consulting. Thanks so much for listening to the Smart Community Podcast. Show notes for this episode and all other episodes are available on our website, mysmart.community slash podcast. If you have any questions for us or any of our guests, you can email hello at mysmart.community. You can also find us on the socials. We are on LinkedIn and Twitter at smartcomhq. That's com with two M's. If you are enjoying the podcast, please hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And we would love for you to leave us a rating and review at wherever you listen. This really helps us reach more ears and eyes. So thank you for your support. As always, we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. The Smart Community Podcast is what you're looking for.